Hey everyone, today on episode three of In My Drafts, I'm gonna talk about solo traveling. The timing of this episode is perfect because next week I'm off on another quick solo trip, this time to Greece. I've only started to truly solo travel a little over a year ago, but I do get asked a lot about my experiences I've had. So I wanted to share my thoughts and recommendations based off of what I've been able to learn so far about solo travel. I'll talk about why you should solo travel, how to build the courage to do so, pre-departure preparation tips, and what I recommend doing once you're at your destination for safety and fun. I hope this podcast episode will encourage you to consider solo traveling and help you feel a little more well-equipped to do so. So let's talk about why you should even consider solo traveling. There's many, many reasons why people enjoy it. For me personally, solo traveling has been one way that I've learned and discovered how to be alone but not feel lonely. It's pretty much like going on a bunch of dates with yourself. You actually learn how to enjoy solitude. Um, So have you ever tried to eat alone in public? It can be pretty awkward, to be honest, but because of solo traveling, I've learned how to have meals in public alone and to actually enjoy doing this. I feel like not having another person there even helps me focus more on what I'm actually eating, the flavors, and when I'm getting full for real, for real. So I guess you can kind of call this maybe mindful eating. I don't know. That's kind of how I sort of think of it. Um, And then when it comes to activities, being alone while you're traveling has helped me identify and prioritize what I truly like to do when traveling because I only have to worry about myself, really. And as much as I love sharing experiences with others, it can be nice to have a break from always having to consider what other people want and to listen to your needs while you're traveling. So it's the perfect opportunity to be selfish, quote unquote, in a good way. In addition, solo travel has helped me disconnect from my daily life, routine, and social media for longer periods of time than I'm used to, and has allowed me to have time to reflect on thoughts that perhaps I've been pushing back for a while due to being too busy, as we all tend to be. It gives you a lot of time to think, which I think some people can find scary, but it can be really, really eye-opening, and I think this is a big reason why people often come back from a trip saying that it was life-changing or I don't know that it that it really changes their views on things and I really think it's just because they have more time to think. Another solo travel perk I think is that it helps boost your problem solving confidence. So I've run into so many situations where I've had no one but myself to rely on to figure out a solution while I was solo traveling. And although it's really great to have a buddy with you to share the problem with, you realize that you really don't need someone else to be able to get through it and you gain a little more confidence in your abilities to survive out there. It's like survival of the fittest and you realize that you have it in you to be able to make it through. Another reason why you should solo travel is that it literally forces you to step outside of your social comfort zone. So you may have gone there solo, but that doesn't mean that you have to be physically solo the whole time. This is a perfect opportunity to meet other travelers and locals, but it's not really going to happen unless you put in the work yourself. So it's a really good way to test yourself if you're trying to work on your socializing skills, because in the end... If it gets awkward, well, you really never have to see these people again anyways. 
So low stakes, in my opinion. And all in all, solo travel is a really awesome way to channel some self-growth and to learn how to genuinely enjoy spending time with yourself and all the emotions that may come with that. All right, so now that you're convinced that solo travel can be a really, really good thing, I want to walk you through how I gathered the courage to solo travel because I did actually have to warm up to the idea of being somewhere foreign completely alone. So I kind of want to guide you through how that process went for me. I think it definitely helped that I had already done a lot of travel experiences before with family or with some friends, so I was familiar with the overall process of navigating airports, how to use a passport, and being somewhere where English wasn't the primary language, etc. So I think that did give me a head start, to be honest. And then what I started to do was to have moments in trips where I ventured off on my own. So for example, when I went to Italy in 2015 with my friend Denise, shout out to Denise, I ended up staying in Europe a little longer after she left and I got to fly to Madrid for a few days. Although I was traveling there alone, I technically wasn't completely solo because I did have a host family to stay with once I arrived to Madrid who really helped direct me into how to navigate their city and they actually even gave me an extra cell phone that they had to use to call them if I needed anything. So this was super helpful because I was getting a taste of what it was like to travel solo abroad, but I still had a sense of safety knowing that I wasn't alone in the city and that I had somewhere to come to at the end of the day with people who knew that I was there and that I was alive. So I would recommend doing something like this where you can stay with a host, maybe either a friend or family connection while trying to go exploring on your own during the day. Another way to get a little taste of solo travel without actually having to jump straight into an international trip is to visit someone in a new city in your country, but, you know, to have some moments where you go off on your own. So for me, this was when I visited my cousins in San Francisco, and my cousins, of course, had some days off to spend with me, but they still had to work some of the days. So this was a great opportunity for me to go do some solo adventuring and then meet up with them at the end of the workday. So I would highly recommend trying this out if you're especially nervous about solo traveling because it takes away the fears of having a language barrier, of having to stay somewhere overnight, um, not being able to use your cell phone to navigate or call an Uber, etc. And it just gives you the experience of exploring a new place on your own um, without the bigger risks. So I think it's a really good baby step in my opinion. So after having these various mini solo travel moments, I finally worked my way up to trying six days in Ireland completely by myself. When picking a country for your first true solo experience, I recommend choosing somewhere that speaks your primary language, it just makes it easier on you, somewhere that seems to be easily accessible for tourism with many main attractions located in one central place so you don't have to worry too much about figuring out how to get to different places that you want to visit. And choosing somewhere that is known to be overall pretty safe. For me, Dublin was a good choice that happened to also be a cheap option at the time. Okay, now your mind's made up. You're going to do a solo trip. But what kinds of things should you research before going? I recommend looking up what other solo travelers do in your chosen destination. My go-to place for this is usually YouTube vlogs, but websites like TripAdvisor can also help with seeing what other solo travelers recommend regarding neighborhoods to stay in and places to visit. 
When solo traveling, I particularly recommend considering staying in a hostel so that you have the opportunity to meet other travelers. Honestly, this has helped me every single time I've solo traveled, and in the end, you actually don't spend as much time alone as you'd think you would. The people that I've met on my solo trips and the experiences that we've had together have made my trips that much more special and memorable, so I highly encourage considering a hostel. Plus, hostels make it super easy for you to find tours, day trips, or whatever information you need for things to do when you're in that city. Before you leave for your solo trip, I encourage downloading a city map on your phone if you're going internationally, even if you plan on getting a SIM card once you're there. This has helped me with navigating in moments where I had no cell phone service and has given me peace of mind that I can at least know where I am even if I'm offline. So I've used a free app called City Maps To Go for this, but there are many other apps that offer this feature, so just find something that you like. In order to ease nerves about navigating a foreign city once you arrive, I recommend looking up what people use for transportation there. So is there a metro connected to the airport that goes into the city center? Is there Uber in that country? Are taxis recommended? You can even look up YouTube videos that will show you someone literally walking through getting from a major city airport into the city via public transportation. I've definitely done this before since I'm a very visual person and having this information can help ease any anxiety that you may have about how you're going to get around. Personally, I find that I'm most nervous on solo trips when I first arrive and when I'm trying to get to my accommodations. But once I'm settled in, I feel more at ease and I'm more willing to explore the public transportation system. My biggest piece of advice on pre-departure preparation is pack lightly. So trust me on this, even if your airline allows you to check in a bag, don't do it. It will save you so many potential headaches just to fly with carry-on. You don't have to worry about your luggage getting lost, which can really suck even more if you're traveling by yourself, and you won't have to break your body with carrying around a huge suitcase. No one else is going to carry it for you. So this will come in super handy, especially if you're budget traveling, taking public trains and buses for transportation, and potentially running to catch your ride. I've had several situations where I had to briskly walk or run through narrow cobblestone streets or busy crowds in unfamiliar places, sometimes through rain and even snow. So when I say travel as lightly as possible, I mean it. It's going to make your life so much easier. And if you're really, really good, you'll make it a backpack instead of a carry-on on wheels. One tip I have when it comes to deciding on your clothes to pack for your trip is to plan to do laundry if you're going to be there for more than anywhere from five to maybe six days. So I can comfortably pack five outfits in a backpack if I use those vacuum sealing bags and I'll wear my sixth outfit which is what I will travel to and from my destination with. If you're new to light packing, one tip I've heard a lot is to lay out all the clothes that you're taking on your trip and then cut it in half. So I know this can seem kind of strict, but this can actually really, really help you and it will make such a difference. Each item you pack should be purposeful and you should be at least 95% sure that you're going to use it. If you're worried about having space to bring back souvenirs, try packing a small foldable bag that you can then check in on your way back home, or you can try buying a small duffel bag once you're in your destination that can double as a souvenir for you and also 
can double as your bag to put in your souvenirs that you bought for others and check that on your way back home. Okay, so I could go on longer about how to pack lightly, but perhaps I'll leave that for another episode. And for now, I will just direct you to look up one of the many, many um, useful YouTube videos that can walk you through how to strategically try to pack as lightly as possible. Okay guys, so now congratulations, you've arrived to your solo trip destination, and if you're abroad, the adrenaline is running high, and you're excited to leave the airport, but you're also nervous because there's no cell phone service. So here is where getting a SIM card can make a huge difference if you're on your own and just want some extra safety. Airports always have SIM card stations, sometimes with representatives who can help you set it up. And I really recommend this if you can find one. But if you can't find one of these stations with someone there to help, the airport will likely have a vending machine with SIM cards that you can buy. Usually SIM cards are pretty cheap. I've paid as little as $5 in Brazil for a week and $10 in Morocco for unlimited data for a whole month. But even if it's not the cheapest, like when it cost me about 30 euro in London, it's worth it in my opinion if you're solo traveling. Only thing is make sure that your phone is unlocked by your cell phone carrier before getting on the plane to your destination. So for those of you unfamiliar with what this means, If you live in the U.S., your cell phone is likely tied to a cell phone carrier like Verizon, T-Mobile, etc. And it will only work with SIM cards that are of those carriers unless you call them and have them unlock the phone so that you can use whatever SIM card you want. However, this may be something that's quickly changing now because the latest that I was told with my carrier Verizon is that the new phones are now automatically unlocked after two months of purchase. But I would say just check in with your carrier just in case to make sure that you're able to use your phone internationally with um, any SIM card that you want. I mentioned to look into staying at hostels while solo traveling because it helps you meet others. But if hostels aren't for you, other ways that I've met people while abroad have been on city walking tours and language exchanges. So I've mentioned both in my previous two podcast episodes on budget traveling and on language learning. But very briefly to review, many cities have free walking tours that you can do. And sometimes there will be other solo travelers that you'll meet there while you're walking through the city for a couple of hours. Uh, so, for example, when I was in Ireland, I got really lucky on one of these and ended up spending my evening at an Irish pub with 10 people that I'd met on the tour that day. And so that was super fun and it worked really great for me and could be a really great thing for you, too. Same thing goes for language exchanges or other types of meetup events. So go to sites like meetup.com or couch surfing events or even Facebook events to find something that interests you that's going on in the city that you're visiting and you're bound to meet people that share your common interests. As scary as going alone to an event can sound, I found that in general, you're actually more approachable when you go solo and people end up coming up to you because they notice that you're alone. So This can actually work in your favor. I've made several friends through events that I've gone to, and in fact, I've actually been able to meet up with some of them, and I will be meeting up with someone that I met at a language exchange in Colombia next week while I spend 20 hours in Copenhagen on my long layover back from Greece. So opportunities and connections like these is why I love solo traveling and why I love that it forces me in a way to try to connect with more people than I would if I went with 
my family or with my friends. Um, so you just never know what doors it's going to open for you. One more tip I need to leave is regarding specifically female solo traveling. I feel like this can be an episode all on its own. Um, but in general, I would recommend trying to not to draw too much attention to yourself while you're traveling alone, ladies, simply because it will save you from freaking out from unwanted attention. So what does this mean? It means choose your outfits appropriately for your destination and err on the side of modesty. Don't be too flashy with jewelry. Wear a crossbody bag. Maybe even wear a fake wedding ring. And if you're lost, always walk like you know where you're going and don't venture off at night alone. I know this sounds obvious, but... I do need to mention it. Now, I've definitely had some short walks through a city after the sun went down, but there were still many people out and there were only in they were only in places where I felt safe to do so for a short period of time. So just use your common sense and if your gut feeling ever tells you that there's potential danger, you do not have to continue a conversation or stay for the sake of being polite. Sometimes channeling that inner RBF and walking away can save you from something that you really don't want. And if you'd like to learn more on specifically female solo traveling, I recommend joining one of the many Facebook pages for female solo travelers where they share a lot of advice um, and often specifically on um, certain cities that you want to visit. Or you can check out, once again, some YouTube channels of female travelers. Ones that I like to watch are a channel called um, Hey Nadine and a channel called Raya Was Here. That wraps up today's episode. I hope this has opened your mind to the idea of solo travel even a little bit, and I encourage you to seek out what other solo travelers have to say about it too. There's a whole community of individuals out there who wish nothing but to share the beautiful benefits of solo travel with you. So go out there, embrace solitude every now and then, and until next time. Thank you.